Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. You're listening to After Law, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin, except no sandwich. Senor, senor, can you tell me where we're heading? Lincoln County Road or Armageddon? Now close your eyes, listeners, and that could be Bob Dylan, couldn't it? That's right, Nick. Street Legal album, I think I hear you reply. Um, it just seemed an apt song. I don't know what went through my head. I suppose it's the aftermath of yesterday's 2-0 loss at home to second place, Sheffield Wednesday. I was just reading some notes I made from the, um, you know, for the game yesterday. And it's a quote from uh, the, the Dan Marsh's interview with Joe Edwards after the Ipswich game. He says, uh, this is Joe, my personal job is to preserve... Um, what we have because we are a team that is a really in a really difficult situation now. And this was after Wednesday night, listeners. I've been around a lot of teams in difficult situations and I've never seen the team sulk their way out of trouble or by moaning and turning on each other, says Joe. That was after Wednesday. Obviously, that was pre-yesterday's debacle. So how many more debacles are we going to have? We've got possible another one next week, a trip to Southampton. Um, yeah, we're in a dire situation now, just one point clear of QPR in that third um, relegation spot. Momentum is with others, momentum is against us. We've got downward momentum. Our rivals for the relegation slots are on the up. So it's not an easy situation. Hence me singing in a Bob Dylan style to open up today's voicemail show, dear listeners. I hope you enjoyed that. I can do others upon request if uh, if you put a donation into the, the Lions Food Hub. Now, we've got a large amount of content to get through. As you will have gathered, we've had a huge, huge response from our, our voice note um, contributors. Big thank you to each and every one of them. Um, we're going to begin now. First uh, voicemail of the day is going to be Tony Monday. Hello, Nick. Tony Monday. Uh, might as well have my two pennies worth. Uh, Jesus, it's goddamn awful, isn't it? Uh, oh, everyone's, I can't understand why everyone's talking about Rowett, whether it's for him or against him. He hasn't been here since October. So it's irrelevant about Rowett. I mean, people are saying it's his fault because of the squad and there's others saying, backing that, like coming back and just saying, oh, it's, well, he exceeded with the, he excelled with the squad. Uh, it doesn't matter, as he's not here. Um, we can only talk about what we've got now. And uh, Edward's job, I've, I've keep reading, what I'm reading on Twitter is people say, oh, well, Edward's got to give him a chance of his own players. His job, he's getting paid, is to work with the players we've got now. And 
I, I, I actually don't know what he's doing. It's almost like he's throwing dice up in the air and when they land and then that's what's what because it's just such a turnaround. I mean, we was worried when we went through that spell after Sheffield Wednesday, the 4-0 win, thinking what's going on. I think we went six or seven without a win. And then we got them three wins together. I remember watching the Bristol City game and thinking, this is really good. Because I remember the sh we had shape. And every time someone picked the ball up, they had two or three options to move the ball on. And we was moving it quickly. And I thought, we've actually cracked it here. We're actually going to move on. This will get better and all that. But I couldn't have been more wrong. I thought we had good performance against Leicester in the Cup. But, um, and it was the other game. Um, there was another game at that point as well. Uh, where we lost and we played well and then just fell off. But that's become the theme of this team now. And uh, and I've, I wanted to get I wanted to give him a chance, Edwards, to think, oh, you know what, if we're going to play a bit of football and just progress a little bit. But um, uh, today alarmed me. I mean, the last week, really, watching how quickly we've folded. But today was something else. Um, um, watching the subs in the set, I mean, it was bad enough the first half. We don't think we had a sh shot at goal, did we? Oh, no, Ryan Leonard had the first shot uh, about half an hour in after they'd scored. Um, it was woeful, and don't get me wrong, Sheffield Wednesday wasn't very good. Um, but we we seemed to play at the back, but then not know where to go with it. <laughs> We're just playing round the back um, and going nowhere. We're creating nothing. Um, and, yeah, it was awful. I mean, Bradshaw, I think the difference between the number 45 for Sheffield Wednesday today, made the first, got, got to pick the ball up in the channel, made the run, put a brilliant cross in, goal. And then he uh, and he scored, got away the channel again in the second, scored it and put it in the far post. Bradshaw got away down the, the same channel in the first half. First time, he's put in a weak cross towards Fleming, got cut out. And the second time, he just didn't even have any pace. He got caught up and he turned and then played it backwards and just give everyone Wednesday the time to regroup. I, again, I, it's not his fault, basically, but he's getting picked. But And we haven't got much in that line. You look at Wednesday's forward line, they had two big, quick strikers. Tricky, big, a handful, fast, and one little tricky winger. All our forwards are the same. Nisbet and Bradshaw are two of the same. And uh, we've got Imarku, but he's just so raw and he's a bit, he's not like tall and tricky. He's just like a bit of a ball with us. And he can barge through, but it's just poxy. But it comes back to Edwards when he made the sub in the second half to go to a back four. We had two right-backs on the pitch, Ryan Leonard and Danny McNamara. He brings on Norton Cuffey, who you could say is the third right-back, and instead of taking one of the existing right-backs off, takes the left-back off and puts Danny Mack over there. And I thought Danny Mack had a decent game. Everyone knows I'm a massive critic of him. I thought he had a decent game today. Probably the best player on the pitch, and just for his endeavour, more than anything... He was just hung out to dry, put at left back. He was totally right-footed, one-footed. And he got into some awkward situations at times where he needed to use his left foot and couldn't. 
Uh, and I just looked at that, and I just my first thought was, this is Ian Oller. This is an Ian Oller way, straight out of his book, like square pegs, round holes. Let's just again, as I said, chuck the dice up in the air, see where they land. Um, we're in trouble. I thought that a few weeks ago. I looked at the fixtures, and I thought we could be, end up in the bottom three by the end of February. Uh, and it looks like we are going to. Um, but it's been far worse than I thought, and it's getting worse. Um, I don't see how we can stop the rot. He he doesn't seem... All managers do it. They build from the back. Like, make yourself solid, and then we, we're we not solid... We've gone from being boring and effective to boring and ineffective. That's that's the truth of it. Because we, as a football ain't any better than it was before. Uh, so I, I don't know what's going on. I, I actually think he's caught between... He don't know what he's caught between two... The rock and a hard place. He don't know whether to play football or play defensive. And what's happening? We're doing neither. Um... And he just doesn't seem to know what's going on. Uh, my, what I think, I think we've got 13 games left. We probably need five wins out of that. We're not going to get that with the way it is at the minute. And I don't see Edwards changing that quickly, if at all. So I, I think we actually just need to do what teams have done with Warnock in the past. Get him in like a Red Adair. Just fucking stop the fire. And that's what we need. We need someone experienced to come in just till the end of the season. I'm not talking long term. Till the end of the season. Chris and someone along those lines who knows how to set a team up. Because Joe's just got coaching manuals, isn't he? Basically. Listen, I could be doing him a disservice. He knows far more about football than me. I'm just a fan. But that's just the way it looks. He just... It's, he wants to do this, but he's not sure. Um, I mean, you look at his record uh, at first-team level. I think he was under two, uh, Thomas Tuchel at Chelsea. But I know that he was number two to Frank Lampard at Everton and at Chelsea. And they were both terrible, terrible periods for the clubs under Lampard, as he was an awful manager. And Joe Edwards was part of that team, and he was the number two. I'd love it to work for him, but it's not getting better. It's getting worse, and that's the worrying thing. If it, if it, we could see the steady, steady, steadily progressive, it'd be all right. But we're not. We're going down. Eight years of good work. It's just going down the drain. Uh, and as others have said, it's fucking Alex Aldridge. He's a fucking. He's playing Championship Manager in real life. He's a nobody. He's a journalist. He's enough. The two Bob journalists at that, and who's now suddenly director of football. I think QPR had fucking Les Ferdinand knows the game inside out as their director of football. Alex Aldridge. I remember he was getting the piss taken out of him a few years ago, like just when he was when he was the reporter and putting out all shit. Get rid of him and fucking get someone in properly. The legacy of John Berylson is being thrown away by this fucking idiot. Oh, I'm, get, I'm getting angry now, so I, I, I'm going to let it go. Nick, you uh, carry on all your good work, mate, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Cheers, Tony. Um, good stuff, mate. Like it. Um, a lot of a lot of stuff in there to 
to to unpack. I think probably a lot of it will be covered in the in the numerous messages we've had. So I won't go too deeply into Tony's stuff there. Most of which I I, I agree with. I can't I can't disagree with you, Tony. Um, the 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 point about um the recruitment and the director of football, whatever on earth that might mean, I don't know. Um, this this divergence between Joe Edwards being a head coach and Alex being the director of football, it, it baffles me. Maybe I'm just too old, listeners, and I've come from the 1970s, you know, when managers decided what shape um, their team took. I, I, I kind of agree, I think this is the thrust of what you're saying, Tone, is that um, I, I believe Joe Edwards is probably a very, very good coach. I th- he clearly is. He's worked at some high-profile, some big clubs with the English national side. And um, some big names you've mentioned, Thomas Tuchel, obviously Lampard being others. But to be within that 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 circle says that he's a good coach. But that's a different ball game to being a manager. And, and I um, was interested to hear you mention Warnock. I, I'm no great fan of. I, I find this you know, idea that he's a national treasure quite interesting, but um, baffling, if I'm honest. But um, the idea of of, of um, Warnock, like. <clears throat> twisted as it will sound even someone like Holloway to a degree they're, they're built on being personalities the great the great managers are not necessarily people that look at spreadsheets and and, and wall charts to a great extent I'm, I'm thinking now that like a Sir Alex Ferguson for example maybe I'm going to go to the top very very top table here but all of them managers that level the Jock Steens in the past the um the big big names, even Klopp now, their personalities they 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 rule by by force of personality. They are not your mate, and they take hard decisions, and they 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 are ruthless in their pursuit of of glory. So you can track that trait back, whichever country you're in, wherever you are. Great managers are not um, are not probably not necessarily coaches. I think you know in terms of silverware winning. Um, because there's a personality factor that I don't know that we're seeing with, with Joe. I also agree that the tactics are highly confusing at the moment, and um, I, I, I think Danny did, Mac did did very well. Um, the rest of it I, I fully agree with. Um, interesting, I've, I've had a, a message here from, from Rosalind privately on X. Um, she's saying that she believes that Joe needs help, um, whether he's going to stay or not, if, if they do bring in any help, but somebody to kind of do what you're talking about there, Tone take control and keep us in the championship it's so so critical listeners to stay in the championship dropping into league one don't believe what the likes of danny baker tell you it's a financial hole and um we are not a, a wealthy club as i tell you tell you something you don't know and okay the, the Berylson family are, are are funding us but i don't want to test that relationship by plunging down to playing um fleetwood or Malcolm or Stevenage Barrett or whoever in League One. Anyway, big thank you, big thank you, Tom. We've got a lot to get through, mate. So I'm going to move along now. Um, incidentally, listeners, do do get in touch with me if you want to send in your contributions. Um, my my message is always open. If it, and you know, it doesn't have to be in the immediate aftermath of a game. It can be a day or two after. I will always try and make use of everything that gets sent to me, whether in the immediate aftermath or on another show. But rest assured, I appreciate every voice note I get. And I will try and get you on a show um, as soon as possible after uh, match day, if that makes any kind of sense. But you can get in touch with me via Twitter, the direct message. You can send sound voice notes on the direct messages now. And also um, WhatsApp me. Um, email me if you want to exchange numbers or, or message me on Twitter. 
with exchange numbers. Anyway, let's move along now. Next up is Angelo. Let's have a listen to Angelo. Hi, Nick. Angelo, mate. Right, I'm going to do a fresh one, mate. Just not just got in my car from the ground while just driving home. And uh, I just want to... I just want to get my thoughts out straight away. I don't want to mull, up, mull on it. Um, obviously, first half, we can't handle pressure. Our players have got this really, really bad trait where they can't handle pressure. They crumble, and we just weren't up for it enough, yeah? So I then start to think to myself, like, since Joe Edwards has been here, which players has he improved? I can only think of two, mate. I think Danny Mack has improved, and I thought Danny Mack had a good game today. And I think the only other person that he's improved is um, is Cuffy. Yeah. Apart from them two, I can't think off the top of my head which players he's he's made better, which is a big concern. Yeah. So you know, at half time, I'm thinking, fucking, who's got to go? You know, I, I really wanted to back him, but I'm thinking, you know, this it's just not happening. But I tell you what, mate. Uh, strangely enough, in the second half. I saw a lot of fight from some of our players. I thought Casper Denor was fighting like fuck. Watmore when he come on, I was gutted when Watmore come on because I'm not a big fan. But he was fighting. Savile was fighting. Fleming was fighting. I thought Tanganga was fighting. Uh, I, I could see a lot of fight in the players, which is sort of like give me a little bit of optimism. Um, just on the first half, mate, I'm very concerned that the, the two goals come from Lenny and Danny Mac's area, but I'd need to see them again, mate. But um, that is really disappointing that both the goals come from, from that area of the pitch. Now, uh, Tanganga's getting a lot of crap from the fans around me, mate. But I don't know if I'm going crazy, mate, but I actually think the geezer is decent. He's made two big errors in that, that, that wayward pass against... Uh, Preston where they scored and he gave the penalty away but when you actually look at Tanganga nobody gets past him mate and I think the reason people think he, he's shit is because Cooper makes him look shit mate because Cooper is just awful and um, I, you know if it's me mate I'm keeping Tanganga in and again I'm thinking about like We've hardly scored any goals. I'm trying to think of all the goals we've scored lately, and all I can think of is that SA goal up of commentary. This system does not work that, that he plays. Free at the back with the two win-backs, pressure up, uh, up all alone uh, with uh, Fleming on one side, SA on the other side. It does not work, mate. He needs to change it, um, and he needs to change it sharpish. He needs to go four at the back. If it was me, yeah... For, for this running, mate, yeah, apart from Southampton, we're going to lose that. We all know that. Apart from that game, right, I would do Leonard and Tanganga in the centre. I'd do Danny Macon as a left back, Cuffey as a right back. I'll put Obafemi and Imaku up front for the pace, and I'll just pack the midfield, mate. Casper Denor, the second half, mate, he was asking for the ball every fucking second. I'm, I'm watching the guy. He just wants the ball, wants the ball, wants the ball. What disappointed me about SA, too many times I saw SA not want the ball. When they're looking to pass to SA, he's pointing down the other end of the pitch. He didn't want the ball. Now, I know he's only young, mate, but he really disappointed me that he didn't have the bottle to take the ball. Do you know what I mean? And I can understand now why Rad wasn't playing him, which is really disappointing. But, but anyway, Nick, listen, I don't want to keep waffling, mate. I just saw, I saw players fighting in that second half, mate, for the manager. And that gives me a little bit of optimism, mate, because I was starting to get turned and thinking, fucking hell, is this geezer... You know, I want to back him. I want to back Edward so much. But, you know, the, the, the way the players crumble is a big, big, big concern. So, um, 
but yeah, funny enough, mate, I got a bit of optimism from that second half performance, um, just because I could see the fight from the players. But yeah, so that's it, mate. So in my opinion, Nick, right, if if we're gonna carry on with Joe Edwards, has to change the system, mate. Go four at the back, go four at the back, go two up front, pack the midfield, mate, yeah? That's the only way we're going to get out of it. We are not scoring any goals at the moment in the system that we're playing at the moment. We haven't got the players for this system, and that's it. All right, Nick, um, I'll speak to you soon, mate. Come on, you lines. Optimism. Funny enough, Angelo, as I was walking back to my car, I drove over yesterday, um, I was walking back to where I parked and there was a bloke walking away and, and, and that sometimes happens, I, I don't know if they recognise my face, but he started talking to me um, as we are walking along, a brief conversation and he was asking what do I think of um, Joe Edwards and um, you know, a bit like what you've just described, I think um, probably all left the den thinking Joe Edwards is, is, is doomed, you know I mean as I'm recording this, it's what quarter four Sunday, still no corner flag post so he's still in place and it looks like he's going to be in place for the, the Southampton trip but anyway going back to that um, the chap was saying to me how in his opinion um, trying to play a different system although it's quite hard to see what system we're playing and he was saying give, you know, give, give uh, Edwards a bit more time um, optimism from the second half I, I get what you're saying uh, this, I, it's just these these collapses This this uh, the, you've identified it there and you know the mental um, you know, flaw that says collapse when we go a goal behind, but and too often we do recover from it. I think once we get our heads together, so to speak, we um, get back into the game a bit like what we saw with the second half yesterday without too much end product. But of course, by then we're often one or two goals as, as we were yesterday behind. So, um, eliminating that, I don't know. I don't know if it can be done with this squad of players, I don't know if there's a a problem. The tactics, yeah, I mean, I, I would be willing to try anything to arrest this decline because um, it's, it, it, it's it's bleeding points to the extent that we are doomed at the moment unless we can turn, uh, start trying to scratch some results out. And I'll make you right about Casper Denor. I, I, I like him. I, I think he's a very willing boy. And um, yeah, um, he's by no means one of the guilty, guilty parties in this current situation. So a big thank you to to Angelo and um, thanks for the optimism mate actually it's quite nice to have something a little bit optimistic isn't it let's move along let's have a listen to John John Rankin good evening Nick good evening dear listeners John Rankin calling in after um, a new a nil to home defeat at the hands of the mighty Sheffield Wednesday what a fucking joke unbelievable few positives um, we had a good run up there Took us about two hours to get up to uh, the den. Parked up in Mercury Way, found a spot there, so that's nice. Battered sausage and chips in the Millwall Calf. Saw a few pals, had a good laugh with them. Nice chat, cup of tea. Um, and the drive home weren't too bad either. An hour and three quarters, which is pretty good. And uh, got in about seven o'clock. That's the only positives of the day. The rest was spoiled by a terrible display. From Millwall. But having said that, you know, I know that you talk about the venerable bead in your stream of consciousness before uh, at the games. And, you know, um, I also think that Geoffrey Chaucer, who was a founding member of F Troop and wrote the Canterbury Tales while sitting in the Canterbury Arms in Ilderton Road, uh, quaffing some mead, uh, wrote that ye olde Millwall shall forever be 
a second division or third division team. And, you know, we're playing to form. We had the one blip in the late 1980s with Teddy and, and Tony and the Doc taking us up. But apart from that, we're fulfilling our, you know, our DNA, which is to be a third division team, i.e. League One, um, that gets into Division Two, um, stays there a while, tries to have a knock on the door at a big time, and then comes back down. And, you know, that's history just repeating itself. The team today reminded me of a team that I cut my teeth on as a lad. So we had a really brilliant team back in the early 70s with names like Harry Cripps, um, Len Julians, all these players who had the 59-game unbeaten home record. And then when they all passed, uh, you know, uh, passed on or, or, or went on to other places, passed through Millwall's doors, uh, we were left with the only real sort of rock from that or the only one that emerged from that old co- cohort was Barry Kitchener. And we had a bit of a transition team and, and we, we were, again, we were third division, second division, third division, second division. There are individual moments of brilliant magic in those squads. Gordon Hill, Merlin Magician, who got sold to Man United. John Seisman, you know, players like that. Phil Walker, Trevor Lee, who just did remarkable things under Gordon Jago. But generally speaking, we were pretty shy. Um, at one stage, I remember sitting in the stands with my dad, bless him, um, who passed away in 2019. And I swear, you know, all the Millwall players were in the centre circle trying to get the ball. You know, passes used to get applauded. That's how bad we were. And I remember seeing, you know, three or 4,000 people at the den in, in the real depths um, of the early 80s and, 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 and times like that. You know, so let's be under no illusion. We are what we are. And it showed in spades today. Now, what's going wrong? So, I think it's the management. I really do. Two years ago, a couple of seasons ago, we went 2-0 down at home to Coventry and we came back and beat them 3-2. And, you know, that that would not be a possibility today. As soon as we conceded that very weak goal, um, that's it, you know. You knew it was game over, that first goal. And what a weak goal it was too. Defensively, we're an absolute shower, and I think that's down to man management because if you look at the way it was set up today, Cooper should be right in the middle, right of a back three, with Ryan Leonard on his right, and then another one, um, I hate to say it, but not Murray, on his left. Um, and then you play your wing backs and then your midfield, or you go three, you know, three, five, two, two up front, and you pack a midfield with three including Zian Fleming, then you have two wider midfielders. The greatest team that we've ever had, because football's about results, was John Dockett's team in 88, and that was a 4-2-4 with Les Briley and Terry Erlock in the middle. And we had Jimmy Carter and uh, the other guy. Oh, his name always escapes me. Kevin Brennan was it on the left, the two wide, you know, and they were classed as midfielders, but they were sort of wingers. And then you had the back four. And that... You know, but whatever whatever way you set up, you can't keep chopping and changing your starting eleven. You've got to have a stable starting eleven, and then substitutes. It's difficult for us as, as as supporters because you know we don't have a dialogue with the management. We don't know what's going on. But this is my this is my two penneth worth of what I think is happening. <clears throat> to me, um, having spoken to them. 
um, at the services last year. Two very influential players in the dressing room are Jake Cooper and George Savile. They travel together and they both live in Reading, I think, or out that way. And Alex Pierce used to be in their little group as well. You'd always see Alex Pierce, Jake Cooper and George Savile turn up. Now, Gary Rowett um, always started Savile and Mitchell in the midfield. And I know we've got Casper Denor and we've got you know, other players and all that, but you've got to have the balls as a manager... In whatever role, whether it's football, running a sales team in a business, you know, running, organising a committee, whatever, whatever it is, you've got to have the balls to make a decision and stick by it. Now, I'm telling you now, you know, George Savile is not very happy. You can see in his body language, he's not happy because he's not being picked. He considers himself a senior professional and he feels that he should be picked. And I tend to agree with it. And what Billy Mitchell has done to keep himself out of side is beyond me. Now, anyone who's kicked a ball knows that football is about partnerships. Uh, it's about many things, but if you play football, you develop partnerships with one or two other players that you get on well with. And, you know, there were some good partnerships. Um, Danny, Danny Mack and Billy Mitchell were a good little pairing. Uh, Billy Mitchell and George Savile were a nice little pairing, you know. You had Zian Fleming coming into that plane in front of them. And that's all gone now because today we had Jake Cooper playing out on the left. We had uh, Tangangia, um, who, you know, is a good player, obviously, playing right in the middle, but that's a pressurised spot and you've got to have your tall guy right in the middle. We had Ryan Leonard, who had a bad game today, uncharacteristically, on the right and then I think we had Danny Mack outside him and Murray Wallace outside him. And I couldn't work out what was going on because he took Danny Mack off, who I thought was having a good game. And, you know, I don't know. It's just a shocker. It was just a shocker. I mean, that first goal scored in the CBL, it was just poor defending. I mean, the, uh, the guy that tucked it into the back of the net, um, you know, got in front of Murray Wallace and Murray Wallace was just standing there rooted to the spot. He just nipped in and went, cheers, thanks. You know, poor. And the second goal, I mean, Ryan Leonard and Tanganga obviously haven't played together before because there were two players coming through when there were two defenders, not a danger. And I think they nearly ran into each other trying to get the ball off the same bloke, Tanganga and Ryan Leonard. What that tells me is that these you know, there's too many changes, he's swapping around and all that. And I think the fact that Joe Edwards hasn't been a footballer is beginning to show. So I, I still think, and you know, I don't wish anyone out of a job, right? But if it was me, I would uh, let Joe go, even though he sent me a lovely message when I had my health issue. That's a separate matter. I feel guilty about that, but I would let Joe go. And I would have his number two, that Myers guy or Adam Barrett and maybe one or two of the senior players trying to get us through until we get a new appointment in. But um, I don't think that's going to happen. And I think we've got a chairman who doesn't know about football through no fault of his own, and he's still probably grieving his dad. We've got a manager who I don't think is really up to the job of managing a championship team. And we've got, uh, we've got Steve Cavanagh, the West Ham supporter, who... I'll tell you now, because he's told me 
what he thinks of our support base, and I'm not going to repeat it. Um, and, you know, it's just all over the place, really. Amateurish, uh, not committed, lack of passion, lack of knowing the history and the legacy of what Millwall means. Um, depressing. Me and my son drove back, and we didn't I say hardly a word in the car to each other. My son was on his phone with his earphones on, and I was just driving along, concentrating on me driving, thinking about the game, thinking about lots of things, actually. Thinking about Millwall. So I'm going to sign off now. It's been a long voicemail, but I've got it all off my chest. And as Geoffrey Chaucer said, you know, in the Canterbury Towers, writing from the Canterbury Arms in Hilderton Road, quaffing his mead, ye oldie Millwall shall forever be second or third division fodder. Bye for now. <laughs> Jeffrey Chaucer. I did give Jeffrey Chaucer a bit of a shout out, John, yesterday. That'll be in the first show. This is part two. There's another part one knocking around. If you can be, uh, if, you, if your uh, appetite for Millwall misery has not yet been been satisfied, dear listeners, um, some good interesting points in there, John. Um, Kevin O'Callaghan was the name you were thinking of for the uh, the Jimmy Carter's uh, uh, oppo in in that uh, famous side. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, when the highlight of your day is battered sausage and chips and a cup of tea, then it probably speaks volumes for. The quality of what we've all watched here, there yesterday. Big thank you though to John for that. Um, I'm going to move along now because I have to pick up the page. We've got loads of messages here. Listen, I'm going to go with David Leader Kramer, and then we'll follow that with uh, a new voice, John. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Um, hi, Nick. David Leader Kramer here. I thought I'd wait Um nearly 24 hours before sending anything simply so that I could um, calm down after yesterday's appalling performance. Um, difficult to know where to start really. Um, as usual we started off okay. Sheffield Wednesday looked pretty useless and then defensively for the first goal it was just dreadful. I've watched it back and it's just a, a masterclass uh, in ineptitude. Dreadful. Absolutely shocking all round really. Um, then on to the second half, uh, huffed and puffed a lot. I think Edwards got it right in his post-match. We sort of didn't really create an awful lot. Had a couple of half chances. Uh, maybe a bit of luck went against us when the ball might otherwise have gone in. Uh, but it was just a pretty dreary performance all round. Um, difficult to say anything other than we look relegation doomed to me unless we can get a real change in the mindset of these players the moment there doesn't look to be any real fight or urgency uh, heads drop we've got no real leaders out there and it's just thoroughly miserable um league one would be i think absolutely awful for us i don't agree with this idea that we're gonna go down and get better i just don't think that happens in football very often and i think given the tv tv money situation we would lose hugely um possibly up to £4 million pounds, um, in, in revenue, which is something that Millwall as a small club can't afford. Any players that uh, 
came out of that with credit, not really. I thought Tanganga actually didn't have a bad game in central defence, um, surprisingly. Looked quite assured. I thought what more when he came on looked bright, although he, did, he does do his sort of headless chicken impression uh, too often, uh, running without really seeing what's around him. Um, the rest of them were pretty pretty nondescript. Poor Leonard had a not very good game. Murray and Cooper looked really out of form and, and really shouldn't be playing. Um, next week, Southampton. Oh, my goodness. I can see us getting smashed by at least five or six the way we're playing. And, of course, QPR have Rotherham at home, so we're going to be in the bottom three by unless a miracle occurs. Bye. Evening, Nick. Uh, John Hennigan, Millwall Northerner here. Um, I'm sure you, mate, you're going to have a absolute bumload of uh, of voicemails coming through this evening um, off the back of that. The absolute tomes of shit that we call a performance. Um, where do we even start? Do we? Well, I suppose we've got to start with the manager. Um, I feel sorry for him, to be honest with you. I think he's been let down by the club. Um, for somebody so inexperienced, you would at least expect them to have the tools and uh, and the setup for uh, for somebody who's coming in to change an entire style of play after seven years of hoofball. Uh, to at least be given a chance, but as we saw in January, there was no real movement, no urgency to try and bring players in. Uh, we then end up with Tanganga and uh, Oberfemi, one of which doesn't seem to really be playing. The other one seems to have about 50 appearances at the age of 24, which sort of sums up really the uh, the level of recruitment that's going on. Those players are just, I mean, I don't even know where to start with them. Well, I do know. Let's let's start with the back. You know, the back is just has been a problem for a long time. We have slept walked into this probably over the last two or three seasons. Last season, you could see the cracks starting to show. The amount of teams who were just carving through us like butter, and I think the saving grace was the fact is that we just sat so deep that we were able to remove a lot of that. Um, pressure at times just as a result of it but make no mistakes we were beaten a number of times because of that um, so it isn't an Edwards thing Edwards has however the manager has however shown some naivety in bringing the, fen- the defense, defensive line right up and we have no we just have no uh, ability to play as a free um, in terms of the centre half pairing we have no pace we have no ball playing ability. Uh, the club, I don't know what they were thinking um, about giving Jake Cooper um, a new contract. Um, it was quite clear to be seen he's on the way out. And for some reason, it's almost as if somebody would lightly come in with it. Um, we look at other players in the side and I hate digging them all out. Murray Wallace has obviously been there for a long time as well. Uh, we've got to look at Duncan Watmore and what he kind of brings to the table. Again, not a huge amount. Um, you've got... Um, who else have we got? I'd even throw people like Bradshaw into that mix. Savile. Um, you know, they're just not good enough. Um, there's something inherently wrong uh, with the culture in that team, um, which has been there for a while. Um, and I think now, what do we do? What do, what do we do? I think the, inevit- the writing's on the wall with Edwards. I think he's going to be sacked. 
Um, I'd be very surprised if we don't see that corner flag pop up on their social media within the next few hours or even tomorrow or the day after. Um, They have to act quickly, I suppose, to do that. It's a shame. Um, I think he's the sort of manager that, given the right setup, could have really succeeded. And you could see in parts of what he was trying to do. But he showed that too many of those players were undroppable. Um, that they were underperforming and that if they didn't want to play for him, you know, they were the only options available. And instead of giving the kids a go, giving them giving a bit of youth and fearlessness to uh, to show them their example, he could have dropped half of them and given them a go. Didn't do that. He's stuck with the old guard and they've let him down. Um, and, you know, it, it's it's naivety on his part. I'm sure he'll learn from it. Um, but where, where do we go from now? Who have we got around? Alex Neal? Paul Heckingbottom, possibly. Um, I'm sure there'll be a thought around Adam Barrett being there, but dear God, he can't do anything either. So we have got some serious problems that need sorting very, very fast. Um, And hopefully uh, the board are going to have a look at it. They need to look at the director of football man there as well. He's been involved in that appointment. He's been involved in all of the signings that have been brought through. Um, I don't think there's any coincidence that Joe Edwards was on the phone apparently to Mourinho and whoever else it was when looking at Tanganga he's not involved in these I don't believe he is anyway I think this is down to Aldridge he's got to take a huge amount of responsibility I suggest that bringing Edwards in was a was a was a great move on his part because it meant then that he could have himself as a director of football there for a bit of self-promotion yeah, it's it's an absolute mess, mate. Um, I hope we can get somebody in who can just get a few results out of this team. A few results, weirdly, would put us into a much more safer position. And even if it's just somebody until the end of the season, until we start again, get rid of some some of the players that are there, get rid of um, half of the coaching staff, get rid of Alex Aldridge and have a huge, huge radical clear out this summer to try and start again because the players that they need to be looking at, you've got players like Adam Mayer who've been brought in. Those are the sorts of signings we need to be making. We need to be going into the lower leagues, looking at the data and trying to bring players through who can do a job and, and develop um, in the, uh, who are going to be one day good enough to be championship, possibly Premier League players. That's how we're going to make money, mate. And unfortunately right now I can see us, constantly just going into the uh, the oblivion with it. Anyway, I'm rambling, mate. Terrible night. Um, I'm sure my opinions will be similar as, as anybody else who's, uh, who's who sent anything through to you this evening. Uh, God, do I need a drink? Um, I'd say come on, you lions. Um, <laughs> but I don't feel like... I really don't feel like it right now. Um, onwards and upwards, I suppose. Cheers, Nick. Have a nice evening. Cheers, John. And cheers, David, before him. Um, some really good content there. Um, just thinking about this director of football role, talking about Alex Aldrich here, obviously, who I've met in the past. Um, he's, you know, I, I like Alex. Um, he was, for a long while, a journalist with the original News at Den before it became a, an adjunct of the Southwark News. And then he became a journalist. He wanted to become a journo. Um, and has now got himself into the world of football, Alex, um, with us, and then to Stoke City. He went to Stoke City and then has obviously come back to here. 
Um, now, I don't have any personal gripe against Alex, far from it, but um, I suppose the comparison would be with with other clubs. And, you know, I'm, I'm just writing down some, to my knowledge, I think, uh, I think maybe Tony mentioned at the start of this show today about uh, QPR having Les Ferdinand. I don't know if he's still on their, on their card, but, you know, there's Les Ferdinand as their um, supremo, off-field supremo. I know that uh, Luton, um, successful uh, side, side in seasons, had Mick Harford. I mean, if you're comparing names in the, those kinds of categories, then you can see where we're probably, in terms of, you know, having walked a mile in the shoes of a professional footballer, I mean, then they're in different categories. So, yeah, Harford and Ferdinand, and even dear old Cholton down the road. I've seen um, they've got Kirbishley in their, their, their care section, Alan Kirbishley in their kind of care section up in the in, in, in one of the um, the stands there. So, you know, again, joking aside, he's, he's actually been there, done it, and bought the T-shirt as a professional footballer, albeit with Cholton, but, you know, can't, can't knock him for that. Um, so yeah, there is there is a there is a certain um, championship manager quality, perhaps to some of the signings. I don't know. We're certainly not seeing anything in terms of improvement from the side from the great coach Joe Edwards at the moment. Whether that can be turned around with a summertime clear out remains to be seen. That does, of course, of course, require that we stay in the championship. I don't know that Joe. Um, well, who knows? But I, I can't see him lasting if we do get relegated. I can't see him lasting anyway. But um, that's going to be the question. Um, there we are. So a big thank you, David and John. Let's go along now to to Matt Webb. Have a listen to Matt. He sent me two two messages. Matt, what are you doing now? Nick, hi, Matt Webb. Um, I'm just giving up being angry, giving up being fed up with it. Uh, it's just another day now. The office of being a Millwall fan, that when we play at home, we don't ex- uh, we shouldn't expect anything out of the game. I do believe Joe Edwards has just walked in through the doors of last chance saloon, ordered him a double bourbon, and he's taken a swig. And I think the barman says, "Time's up now, sir. It's time to go." I think he's devoured of ideas now. The players obviously don't respect his ideas, but they haven't for a long while. Let's be perfectly honest with you. On Wednesday, I felt that the players let the manager down. Today, I thought it was the opposite. And I say that by, initially, you look at the setup. Now, you're playing the Sheffield Wednesday, a team who are second bottom of the league. You know, same same situation as us where they couldn't buy a win and we set up with a five at the back and one up front now people might say oh well we had SA and we had Fleming them two are not strikers or forward players they're attacking midfielders so we had one up front against two gargantuans of centre-halves of Sheffield Wednesday so ultimately Ult- sorry, excuse me. Automatically, we are playing a defensive shape. You're playing five at the back again against a team who are second from bottom, which, and then you're playing three up front, and you're putting two in midfield, which one is an attacking midfielder. Again, you're leaving one who is a proper out and out midfielder in Casper Denor left on his own. It's just not good enough. 
we actually looked better when we went four at the back. Arguably, Watmore did okay. I wouldn't say he was brilliant, he did okay. But imagine if we actually had two players up top. What would actually happen? Imagine if we had three in midfield. Or even four in midfield. What do you reckon could have happened? Today he got his tactics completely wrong. The goals came from the right side of the back three, which is Leonard. Arguably, it started to play, the play started in the middle of the park. And it's just not good enough. I'm, I'm now saying it on the... Sorry, Nick, I'm going to continue. Um, I'm going to say this now. On the 17th of November, uh, February, we are relegated. Um, I can't see us getting out of this whatsoever. Even if you sack the manager now or he walks, which I think he should do. He should be knocking on that door now and says, look, here's my resignation letter. He, we are we are down. There's no way. We, we, we're not going to be out. We won't win another game for the rest of the season. I'm certain of that. Try to be positive, but I, I can't. I, 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 stood, I sat there and I just thought, nothing is telling me now... We, that we are going to win any further games. We've got Southampton next. Jesus Christ. Along with you and other people, I think we're all probably regretting it now. Then we've got the likes of Watford coming, Leeds coming, Blackburn maybe have a little surgence with the new manager, Leicester coming. Jesus, mate. It's, if, you, if anyone could see a win in the next... Six to eight games. Please let me know. But oh well, there's no but about it, mate. It's just it's just crap. Edwards, you've had your little stint, you've had your work experience, but you're at your debt, pal. Time to pack your bags. Great stuff, mate. Good to talk to you yesterday at half time. Uh, Matt and I were debating the chance of giving away our Southampton tickets and my over 60 railway ticket down to Southampton next Saturday dear listeners um, so if you're over 60 and willing to uh, you know make out your Nick Hart give me a shout um, yeah is there a mutual lack of respect between the players and the coaching staff the head coach because we mustn't call him a, man, a manager must we that's a good question I mean obviously Joe Edwards has not played the game professionally and it might be a bit irksome as a professional footballer, to be told what to do by, you know, um, someone that's only just older than you and has never actually taken the field on on a professional level. I can see how that's a difficulty that he's got to get past. Um, but you don't enter into the field of football management thinking it's going to be all roses and, you know, kind of fresh-faced kids looking up at you, asking, um, you know, pertinent questions. You're going to have to deal with resistance that goes for any any kind of um, field of business, uh, if you're coming in with new ideas, you're going to have to tackle the old sorts that won't want to change, and that doesn't seem to have happened. I do agree with with um, everyone on this show that said we're moving backwards. We are, and as Matt's just said there, it's very hard to see where a win's going to come from. It's hard to see where a goal's going to come from. I mean, because we, we were snappy in the second half a little there's a Ryan Leonard volley I think in the first half if memory serves and we we had more um, dynamism going forwards but we 
didn't look dangerous at any stage, listeners. So, you know, where's the goals going to come from? One goal scored in the last three games and eight conceded. And, you know, that's in seven days. So, yeah, very hard to, to see where the win will come from, Matt. I do agree with you, mate. And those Sheffield Wednesday Central defenders made, um, you know, it reminded me of the old um, uh, Jason and the Argonauts with that, that huge, great statue that starts walking. That was that was them. And poor little Tom Bradshaw was trying to um, scurry around their feet. Um, anyway, there we are. Um, so a big thank you to Matt. Let's move along now. We're going to have Danny Major and Glyn Horner. Hello, Nick. Uh, Danny from Calgary here. Sorry it's been so long. I've been waiting for uh, a, a, a positive game to react on, but it's just not happening, is it? So I guess uh, this is what it is. Um, I'm shocked. Edwards is uh, still in, to be honest. Um, unless by the time this comes out, he's gone, but I can't can't see it. Um, especially with uh, after the match interview and everything and all that. Um, um, I'm an Edwards fan. Want it to? I wanted it. Want it to maybe still? I don't know. I just don't think it can work anymore. And you know, is, is it too late now? I feel like you have to do it in January if you're going to change the way of the season. Um, the only guy I would say to get in is uh, maybe Nugent because uh, the academy are banging in the goals, and um, I like the style of his play. But um, I'm not a Riot fan one bit. Um, just, yeah, I feel like he killed the Den, Mule, and everything. But maybe I've got to give that man a little bit more respect. Maybe he knew um, this team was just shit. And we had to play the style of football we did under him to get results. And, and it worked. Maybe he was just, you know, maybe that's what it was. And Edwards has come in and tried to do this new style. It's attractive playing uh, style and it's not working, is it? And maybe the players just aren't taken to it. Um, yeah, so I don't know. <laughs> it's a bit of a grim time, isn't it? Um, I don't know what we do from here. If, you know, if... Um, James Berylson, you know, this is, I think it's a time to show out what his ego really is. Um, does he stand by his man or does he, you know, admit that he got it wrong and and we uh, we change it up? But anyways, cheers, Nick. Hi, Nick. Glenn here. So I think at the end of what has to be one of the most disappointing weeks of following Millwall in my entire life, um, yeah. It's time for a change, I'm afraid. And uh, I, I take no joy in, in calling for this. Uh, I like Joe Edwards. I like what he was trying to do with the club. But what we just watched was a completely disjointed, low-confidence uh, performance. Um, I want to I say that, that I, I think there were certain players that I thought actually played quite well. I thought Fleming really tried to lead the team. And, I, you know, he, he, he had a really good game, in my opinion, um, but just was too isolated um, up front on his own. I think Danny Mack, I think Tanganga. Tanganga had his best game in a Millwall shirt today. Uh, I think Danny Mack filled in on, on right and left-hand side and, and did a decent enough job. No no real issues or errors with his performance. So, well done to him. Um, I think Sarkic had a decent game. No real mistakes, good distribution, 
pulled off a good save, even though it was it was called for offside in the end. But I think he he looked sharp, so you know that that's encouraging. But um, I don't recall in that second half the Sheffield keeper having to make a single save, and 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 that is unforgivable. And I think when you look at the performance overall, what you see is a, a defence that's functioning, a midfield that really lacks any creativity or any vision to be able to do anything um, that, that might change a game or split a defence. Um, and then you've got strikers who are uh, either not in form or really just, just not capable of doing what we need them to do. I mean, three or four times the ball was knocked into the box and um, I think the commentators mentioned it as well. Uh, I saw it on streaming just, just for that uh, point, but there was no one there. No one was taking the chance. No one was committing themselves. No one was putting themselves in the box and trying to read the game. And usually that would have been sort of Bradshaw's bread and butter. So um, I'm afraid the honest answer is now um, we can't change the squad. It is now time to hit the panic button. We need something else to change. And the only thing I can think really that's that's worth trying to attempt at this stage is really um, let's start with Joe Edwards. But the then let's look inside the club and let's look where else um, things aren't working. And I think we have to look at recruitment and I think we have to look at, you know, the chief exec. This club is not functioning at the moment and it's nowhere near the type of club that we would want to be part of. And I think James um, Berylson has, has probably got some pretty tough decisions to make in the next few days. Uh, I personally am sad, but I, I would support a change in management at this stage. That's it for now. Um, we've got to hope for a turnaround and, and let's hope that there's some positive and decisive action is taken by the chairman and his board of directors uh, within the coming days because we don't have much time left to turn this around. Come on, you lines. Thank you, Glyn. And before him, Danny out there in Calgary, in Canada. Um, yeah, Joe Edwards out. It's, I think you're probably right, Glyn. I, I, I can't see how things will change. You know, it will stand to be corrected. It might all be turned around this week. Clearly, there's been a breakdown of relationships off the pitch. You just see it. Um, I think it was Doug sent me a, a, a message on WhatsApp yesterday about um, how things seem to change within the squad um, before the QPR game, which was another paltry turnout there by Millwall. Um, 2 0 loss, I think, wasn't it? Um, how things just seem to turn around. And prior to that, we were building on the attractive football stuff that... Uh, Joe Edwards would have mentioned at his interview and in the immediate aftermath of his arrival. Now, what what would have happened off off the pitch? Who knows? Maybe conversations, blunt conversations between some of the older sweats uh, within the squad as to their future, if the contracts are up in the summertime. Um, I don't know. This is pure speculation. Pure speculation. I'm just trying to think of the kind of things that would incur this level of breakdown of relationship between... Um, senior players and and Joe Edwards because it, that's clear to see. Um, I can't remember who it was who mentioned. I think it was it John who mentioned how um, unhappy Jules Savile's been looking. The the decline in in Jake Cooper is is evident. Um, and you know I, I've noticed in I've even done it myself. So I'm putting my hand up here. But he's been cast as this kind of big lump defender, isn't he, Jake? Um, and that's what he primarily is going to be he's a big boy if you ever stood next to him you'll know how big a bigger guy he is um and he seems like a very decent boy as well but um my point being that he's not 
we've seen things from him in the past. Gary Rowett, when he first came to the Den, which was back in 2019, asked Jake to start to get forward more. You had these often lovely moments where he'd get forwards. I think he scored a goal. Didn't he score at Charlton um, from, a, from a wide left kind of position? So, you know, um, I'm not saying that's his natural game and he will remain always a six foot five six foot six um bloke that referees won't give a decision for um but there's more to his game than just being a lump and i think i've i have fallen into that trap a, a little bit dear listeners um he's clearly under pressure i don't think he relishes being captain under under pressure which is really where you need to it's where you find people out not when it's easy but it's when it's tough and as others have said um online and and maybe even some of these messages how um you know he he's rather folded he disappeared off the pitch at the end of the game yesterday it was a poor poor performance and that's not what you need from your your club captain so clearly it's an unhappiness amongst senior players and that may be infecting the whole squad um he's still uh, just to answer Danny's point about about Joe uh, as we recalled he's still there I've been checking throughout this recording and still no picture of the corner flag as yet, Dan. So um, big thank you to Danny, big thank you to Glyn. We're going to play out the show now, listeners. We're going to have three messages in sequence. We're going to have Adam Wicks, Lawrence Benny, and we'll close with um, Achtung Millwall and Docker's debate, aficionado Michael Avery. Um, I want to say a huge thank you to everyone that's contributed to the show. I want to say thank you to you too, dear listeners. We were able to make a donation this week of 170 quid because we made some decent advertising money over Christmas. It's always going to be a boom time Christmas, isn't it? Um, but that's that's going to a great call. So by contributing to the show, you can take away that whatever the misery that we're watching on the pitch by venting your spleen and sending me a message. You're helping to contribute to a great cause, and the Lions Food Hub is doing some fantastic work. Um, I follow them on, on on Twitter, and they're helping local families, and that's that's exactly the reason why we do this show. So I want to say a big thank you to everyone that's contributed to this show, previous shows. Do keep them coming. I can't do this without you. So massive, massive thank you from me to you, every single con- contributor. And thank you to you too, dear listener, because, again, if you don't click on the show and you don't listen to your adverts that you have to listen to, then we don't generate the money. So um, that's what it's all about for me. So anyway, um, last three messages. Big thank you from me, Nick Hart, signing out. Arriva Dirty Millwall. It's going to be Adam Wicks, Lawrence Binney, then Michael Avery. Till the next edition, thank you. And uh, Arriva Dirty, as I said. Morning, Nick. Uh, just Adam Wicks here leaving. Uh, voice note after yesterday's disastrous 2-0 um, home defeat to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, I'll try and keep this brief, but um, majority of the players, gutless, uh, manager clueless, um, obviously can't, isn't any sort of motivator. Um, and I think, you know, it's time for him to do the honourable thing and admit it's too much for him and move on. Um, board level, shocking, recruitment, questionable. Decision making very questionable. Um, don't see any leadership. Like I said, I think I said it in a previous voice note. Don't see any leadership, sort of top to bottom. Um, really, really worrying how so much good work can be undone in such a quick time. But um, there you go. Um, I think 
you know, said it before, can't see where the next point's coming from. We're one point outside the bottom three now. I think everyone needs to prepare themselves for the inevitable. Um, again, I think people are completely deluded if they think League One's going to be anything other than a complete horrible grind of losing any decent players we've got, being stuck with some potential deadwood, um, not being able to sign anyone of any quality, and it's going to be really, really, really tough. Um, and I, you know, it's going to take. I'd be surprised if it doesn't take us years and years to recover from that if we do. Um, and just one thing I'd like to just finish on is just the uh, yeah the there seems to be um, quite a divide between people who didn't want Rowett to leave, people who wanted Rowett to move on, um, and the amount honest like some of the the sort of gloating almost people from that were on, you know, were, were sort of rowing in people towards the end, where they seem to be reveling in the fact that we're now doing crap is just ridiculous to me. Like, surely, you know, surely, regardless of whether you were in or out or, or whatever, everyone just wants the best for, for the club. And it's really not helpful and you know we all need to get on the same page pretty quick and and sort of try and pull ourselves out of this together you know fans included so I really hope we can pull some sort of miracle out of the bag next week at Southampton no idea if Edwards will be in charge I'll be absolutely amazed if he is but um, there we go anyway um, I'll see Everyone down at Southampton next week, for those mad enough to be going, um, come on your lines. Hi Nick, uh, Lawrence Binney here after Mill nil, Sheffield Wednesday 2. Couldn't get to the game today because I did my back in earlier in the week um, and, you know, thank God for that. Um, well, <laughs> first time is, uh, is tragedy, second time is farce, eh? Uh, that was a... That was a nearly identical performance uh, to the Ipswich game earlier in the week. Um, and, uh, yeah, repeated mistakes, inability, uh, inability of the of the players and the manager to learn from those mistakes um, and a, a complete lack of ideas. I mean, I don't, I don't think it serves any purpose getting deeper than that. We just don't look like a competent football team. Um, we can't even do the basics right at the moment. And uh, if Joe's position was untenable after Wednesday's game, then it, I mean, it's just an inevitability now that he's he's gone before Southampton. Um, and I think the ramifications of that are really, uh, are really serious for the club. This is a gamble taken by uh, the board and Alex Aldridge. Um, idea that we had a mid-table squad and we could kind of maybe experiment and try to forge some sort of identity in a season where we were we were never in any serious danger of going up or down um and now we are we are the uh the favorites i'd say to fill that third relegation spot or maybe maybe even the second one 
given um, Sheffield Wednesday one today and look like they've got a lot more fight about them than us. Um, yeah, we took a gamble and uh, Mill is a risk-averse club and uh, in recent memory, when we've taken gambles, we, we tend not to... We tend not to kind of uh, go for a broke a second time. Um, we, we tend to kind of go a bit more conservative. So I imagine we'll appoint uh, a Rowett type um, either now or in the summer and go back to what we know. And that and that leads to, oh, it's basically the equivalent of kicking the can down the road, isn't it? A bit, I think. Um, we go back to uh, a more familiar identity, but maybe one that is becoming something of an anachronism in this day and age and uh, ultimately isn't progressive and ultimately won't see us progress as a club, but it might give us a bit more stability. So, yeah, it's uh, it's really depressing. I think we had an opportunity with, with, uh, with the Edwards appointment to, to really refashion the club into into a, a modern football club on the pitch um and we, we've squandered it uh i think the players collectively i think joe has to take some blame as well quite a lot of blame the board has to take a lot of blame um yeah it's it's, it's just it's difficult to know really where the club goes next um made more difficult by not knowing where we'll be next season um and even though i probably would say that we're more likely to go down and stay up at the moment football is a football is a kind of a, a temperamental sport and um i mean just look at sheffield wednesday they they were down and out after the first few games and now have a, a chance of staying up again so same goes for qpr so we're not we're not down yet um but i think uh given the players that are out of contract in the summer and the amount of low knees that we've got even if we do stay up it's going to be it's going to be a difficult a difficult task in the summer for whoever whoever comes in. Um, anyway, I'll cut this ramble short. Roll on Southampton, I guess. Cheers, Nick. Well, oh dear me. Um, in the car on the way back from that one. But my God, that was bad. I mean, I thought Ipswich away and Ipswich at home was bad. Uh, you know, I've seen some utter dire dross down there this season, but... That just absolutely took the biscuit. Um, it just, it just isn't good anymore. And and you know we, you know my, as I said on the last show, Flo, you listened. I, I had family come into the game today to watch. Um, and you know I sort of said to them that you know it might be a good atmosphere if we lose and all that kind of stuff, and the and the fans will turn and and all this kind of stuff that goes with it. But. There's just, there's just, it, it just sucks the life out of you. It's just sucked the life out of you. You know, like the final whistle went, the stadium's what three quarters gone from a from a home point of view, um, and you know the ones who did stay, they just couldn't even be bothered really to to make their opinion felt because they 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 know how we feel. And again, fair play to the Millwall fans. Yes, some left early, but fair play to the numbers. It was another good attendance. And you know what? As well, fair play to Sheffield Wednesday for bringing Dan a load as well. I know Mill Sheffield Wednesday always tends to have like a little bit of a, uh, always tends to be a little bit tasty. Um, but you know, fair play to them for bringing so many Dan, considering where they are in the table. It was just they're, they're, it was they were a bad team, Sheffield Wednesday. Really, really bad team. Now, and I know sometimes when we lose games, we go, oh, we made them look good. We didn't make, make them look good at all. They're shocking. 
They're a really bad team, but they still put two past us with relative ease. And again, you know, they're bottom of the table. And, and when you're in a situation like Sheffield Wednesday or in like Millwall in QPR, Huddersfield, Rotherham, teams like a Stoke, Birmingham, teams like us, us are in, goals mean things. And they've kept another, they've kept a clean sheet, Sheffield Wednesday. So when goals and points matter, we've let ourselves down again. There was a complete lack of any kind of penetration at all from us. Millwall fans around me and online on Twitter have been saying, oh, let's go back to the Route 1, Rowett ball, long ball stuff. They, that wasn't long ball and Route 1. That was utterly aimless today. That was just hoofing and hoping it goes somewhere. When we had the ball at the back and we were knocking it around as if we were on to a 2-0 up, there was a lack of direction, a lack of anything. You know, the last, what, eight to ten minutes, was it? Sheffield Wednesday are playing with ten men, but they're still finding space. They're still knocking it around us. Now, I, I, I got home and showed family who weren't at the game today, the highlights package on Sky. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a two-minute two highlight video where 30 seconds of that is someone getting sent off. Did we test their keeper enough? Nope. Because the one that he flapped at... If I'll tell you what, if I was... Our coach under nines and under tens football and my, my eldest plays if that goalkeeper flaps like he did for that first one I'd be telling him just keep punting it at him because he, he, he struggles he struggles holding the ball because there was that shot we had where he just was all over the place did we have, I don't even think we had another shot after that really that tested him we had that one that scuffed wide apart from that what did we do nothing we did absolutely nothing we are fighting for our lives ignore the car alarm that weren't me that did that we are absolutely fighting for our lives and we produce that. We produce that. I'm, I'm, I'm in the Joe Edwards camp, don't get me wrong, but even now I'm starting to think, you know, what do we do? What do we change? Because they don't want to play for him. They don't want to play the formation we play. They don't know, like, I could sit and do this voice note, voice note all day, listeners, but this is another show in itself. Am I expecting him to go? I don't want him to go, as we've said before, because I think the vast majority of the time, Joe Edwards has been let down. But today was a combination of the tactics weren't right and he was let down. I don't know, dear listener. I don't know, because ultimately, when we lose games, we go, right, we need to do, put this player here, we need to put that player there, we need to do this, we need to go back to this formation, we need to try this, we need to try that. We're doomed. Absolutely doomed. And I can't see a way out of it. At least the weather's picking up. Up the lines. Achtung. Millwall. No